had a wonderful week. And if you would stand with me across the building today, we want to read Galatians 2 and 20 as we read every Sunday morning. And listen, if you don't have this scripture memorized, I promise you, if you stay with us long enough, you'll have that uh, scripture memorized. Let's read Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. You may be seated across the building today. You know, to some you may think that that's just a ritual thing that we do uh, every uh, Sunday morning, but it's not so much a ritual thing, but it's a thing that we are to share from our hearts that we no longer live to ourselves, but we live with Jesus Christ in our hearts and our life, and therefore we are crucified with Him. And, um, <clears throat> and that can get very deep when you look at that passage of Scripture, but basically what it is saying is that <clears throat> now Christ lives in your heart. He lives in your life. And if you've accepted Jesus into your life, then you're to live a crucified life that God is there with you every step of the way. And there's a lot of times that we go through a lot of valleys. We'll go through some ups and downs. It's not going to always be cloud nine. And uh, a lot of people think sometimes when you become a Christian, everything is, goes great. You know, you have no problems. You have no, no, you deal with issues, you deal with problems. But guess what? You don't deal with it alone. You have somebody there with you. And that is Jesus Christ to help you through the crisis that you may be dealing with, the issues that you may be dealing with. You know that Jesus is there with you every step of the way. If you have your Bibles today, you can hold those up high. I know it's going to be projected on the screen. There's a Bible in the pew. If you've got Android, an iPhone, and you have a Bible app, you can follow on that, a tablet, a laptop. I'm trying to name all of them. I'm, uh, as, as I will use the old man word, gadgetry. That's what we have in this new 21st century. We have a lot of gadgetry going on. And so uh, those are those things <clears throat> that helps us out. And my daughter has to uh, <clears throat> keep me informed on the latest and greatest technology because, you know, her dad, I'm a little behind on that. So I'm not so much computer savvy. So she, uh, she keeps me up with everything. So I'm just as hip with all the rest of you guys. So you may think I'm an old man, but I'm just as, I'm just as hip. I've got all them gadgets too, but uh, I need help sometimes with them. But that's okay. But I'm going to get there. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. And it is good that we can come together as a body of believers. We do have those that are sick in body that are not with us today. We want to continue to keep them in prayer because I believe in the power of prayer. And I know prayer changes things. And prayer will change in your life as you put Jesus Christ first. Let's look at this a little bit as time will permit. We're in the Holy Spirit series. And I have gone through a lot of series. But this is one of them that I'm going through now. This is the Holy Spirit series, sermon number number seven 
And so if you've missed any of the series, you can go to our website to www.vfclexington.org, go into the media area, uh, click on that, and you will see uh, my series at, uh, of the Holy Spirit series. You can click on that of ones that you've missed, and feel free to listen to that. Um, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just sharing with you to share with others about the Holy Spirit. And if you've got friends and loved ones uh, that need to know about the Holy Spirit, hey, let, put them on to the website. Like us, follow us. We would love that. And uh, I, I can't remember now, but we're probably, there's 567 people that are following us. There's 515 maybe that's uh, liking us. So uh, listen, I want you to share and follow along with us because you will definitely be blessed in all that you do. And so let's look at this today. The Holy Spirit, the title of my sermon today is The Holy Spirit in the Church. The Holy Spirit in the church. You know what? If we don't have the Holy Spirit in the church, do you know we can't be effective in our worship even in church? How that we need the Holy Spirit to guide us, to direct us, to lead us, to protect us. You know, uh, you know I thank God that He did bring His Comforter from heaven to earth to comfort us in a world we, even which we live in today. I don't know about you, but the world which we live, we need more of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives to comfort us and to help us through all the things that we're even facing today. And you know what? It will get greater and greater as time goes on. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to be active in our hearts, and we need the Holy Spirit also to be active in our church. Let's look at this in the New Testament. Let's go to the book of Acts, A-C-T-S, Acts, the book of Acts, the fourth chapter beginning with the 31st verse. And let's look at this, Acts 4 and 31. Let's look at this. And when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and they spoke the word of god with boldness i want to read that again and when they had prayed the place where they were uh, assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I want you to know today that there are sad thoughts about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, yet Jesus was in the world and the world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. Yet the Holy Spirit was in the church, and the church was made by Him, <clears throat> and the church knew Him not. The question would be today, what about the Holy Spirit, and is the Holy Spirit in the church? What about the Holy Spirit and the church? And what if individual members were each filled with the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit want to do for us and in us? 
Let's look at some examples here that I'm going to give you today, <clears throat> even from the early church. We see this in Acts 1 and 8. And my first point today <clears throat> is this. In the church, the Holy Spirit makes witnesses out of weaklings. I want to look at this a minute. In the church, the Holy Spirit makes witnesses out of weaklings. The Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And yet the Bible also lets us know that in our weaknesses, God becomes strong. Jesus becomes strong in our hearts and life. And the reason why <clears throat> that we are not as strong as we're to be is because we are human. We are fallible. There are things that we deal with every day. The Bible says that the spirit and the flesh will always wrestle against each other. <clears throat> and that will be until the day that we die. We deal with issues in life and they are struggles. There are temptations. There are weaknesses that we all deal with every day. And for us to move forward, God sees the weakness that's within us and brings strength to our hearts and life by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you today <clears throat> that in our weaknesses, you cannot do anything on your own. Because if you try to, you will make a big mess out of it. But in our weakness, Jesus sees the weakness... He knows your temptations. He knows you're, you're fallible. He knows the things that you go through because we're not robots. You know, I, I see that we're, we're heading into uh, an AI generation where that everything is going to become, starting to become robotic. Uh, I was just uh, seeing uh, just recently <clears throat> on the news of male and female robots where they're trying to in, in, to connect with them with feelings. Now, folks, this is weird to me, but they are connecting feelings in AI. And uh, matter of fact, I believe, I can't remember if it was NBC, might have been NBC, one of the shows that I saw where that uh, they were interviewing one of the men that has created this woman and that she is now having, she has feelings, you can talk to her. Her skin feels like our skin. Uh, it, it was just amazing how that uh, her eyes would blink at you and any movement that you made and she would respond at any question that you ask. And she had like human hair and I mean just looked like she was real but she was a robot. And this guy that they were interviewing was creating uh, this person or this robot to look like me and you. And, and folks, I, I want you to know we live in a world of the greatest technology. We live in the world where everything is on the cutting edge. Uh, especially with artificial intelligence. I mean, these are things that are happening. But I want you to know today... God is looking at human hearts. God sees our hearts. 
He sees that He has created us to worship Him. He's created us to uh, have a relationship with Him. And what I mean by that is, is, is talking with Him on a daily basis, communicating with Him. Uh, I remember my son growing up. Uh, I'd always pray with him at night before uh, he went to bed, and I would tuck him in, and, and he would say, but, but Dad... Uh, but God's not real. And I would say, yes, son, God is real. He said, no, he's not. He said, if he was real, I could see him. And he said, but I don't physically see him. And I said, well, son, he's not physically something that you see. I said, it's something that you believe and that, that he's in your heart. You know that he's in your heart because you believe. And so growing up, he really had a tough time of believing in God because he had to see something physically. And so today I want you to know that a lot of times that we may not see with our eyes physically Him, but then as we accept in faith and believe, then guess what? God will come into our hearts and life and God will help us in our weaknesses that we deal with so that we can overcome those things through Christ, in Christ, and by Christ Jesus our Lord. And Acts 1 and 8 says this, But you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. But you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So, see, Jesus is wanting to equip us by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Comforter, now the Holy Spirit is on the earth, why He resides on the earth, is now that we have the Holy Spirit within us when we've accepted Jesus into our hearts and life. There is the death and the resurrection of Christ which causes the Holy Spirit to come upon the earth. And we see the ascension of the day and its questions, and yet will the kingdom be restored today? Shall we start caring about the Great Commission today? Is witnesses after the Holy Spirit has come, this witnessing to be done in divine power, the word that was wait, and the witnesses that witnessed the power of the Holy Spirit when Jesus says to wait for the Comforter, now it is a witness immediately within the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's nothing that you do within yourself. It's nothing that I do within myself. But now it is the Holy Spirit that we witness of Him doing in our lives in the way that we can continue to serve the Lord and be a servant and a disciple for the Lord Jesus Christ. I am reminded to consider the weakness even of the disciples. <clears throat> the twelve disciples that Jesus had taught, had spent time with, <clears throat> they still had weakness. Peter was denied the Lord. You know, uh, the Bible clearly lets us know that Jesus says, Peter, you will deny me 
three times. And when the cock crows, that will be the sign that you have denied. Oh, I would never deny you, Jesus. I would never deny you. Well, see, I want you to know he was a follower of Jesus. He was a disciple, but yet he dealt with weakness because he says, you know, I would never, I would never disregard you. But we know clearly as time went on, he got confronted and he said, no, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I, I've never been around him. And the, and the lady in the Bible, if you've heard and read the story, she said, oh, yeah, you were. You were the one that was hanging out with Jesus. No, I wasn't hanging out with Jesus. But clearly Jesus knew that he would do that. But he didn't disown his disciple. He didn't, dis, he didn't disown Peter and say, well, Peter, I don't need you anymore because you failed because you've denied me. No, he loved him. He loved him. He saw his weaknesses. He saw that he had, uh, um, he, he, he basically uh, would just run his mouth, should I say, without thinking. You know, a lot of times we, 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 we speak before we think. And Peter was one of those guys that he would speak before he would think. And of course, Jesus knew that. And so yet through the weaknesses even of Peter, God still loved him and restored him. You see, we must consider even the weaknesses that we deal with on a daily basis. You see, that's why I'm saying Peter had denied the Lord, yet we still find that Philip and faith, weak faith. And so we see also that Thomas and his inability to believe in the resurrection. Even after Jesus had been resurrected from the, from the dead, Thomas said, wait a minute, I don't believe that. And Jesus looked at him and said, feel my side, um, Thomas. Look at, look at my hands. Look at the nail prints of my hands. Look, look at everything that's, that's, uh, that's going on in, in, my, in my body, in, in, my, in, in my life. And he, he began to look and he said, oh yeah, I see. I see the, I see the prints. I see the nail prints. I, I see the, your side. I believe. And Jesus said, well, Thomas, I want you to know you believe now, but greater are those that believe that have not seen me. They have not seen the scars. They have not seen anything. But guess what? Jesus didn't throw him to the curb. He didn't say, well, Thomas, you failed. You'll never, you'll never be what I want you to be. No, he loved him, saw his weakness in his faith, but he still restored him. He still strengthened him. I want you to know today the devil will tell you that you'll never be what you need to be with Jesus, and he will try to discourage you and say, you don't need to read your Bible you don't need to pray you don't need to come to church you don't need to do this you don't need to do that but the, but i'm telling you today satan is nothing but a liar he's a father of lies he will do everything he can to try to kill steal and to destroy you but i want you to know today that jesus has come to give you the power to give you the strength to love you where you're at and to encourage you and let you know that he is the one that we are to look to I'm not your judge you're not my judge we're nobody's judge Jesus Christ is the judge of our hearts and our lives he is the one that we will answer to on the day that we see Jesus Christ it's not for you to me to say that well she's not doing this he's not doing that it is not for me to do that it is for me to pray for you to encourage you and let you know that there is a Jesus that loves you so much 
that He doesn't want to keep you where you're at, but He wants to take you places that you've never seen, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man what Jesus has in store for us. We're just scratching the surface of what Jesus is wanting us to, to know and what He's wanting to do in our hearts and our lives. I am reminded that Jim Cimbala, he is a pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, or the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, and he writes in his book, Spirit Rising. Unfortunately, today, many of us have, have gotten used to doing without the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives and our, and our churches, that we have forgotten about the Holy Spirit. And I've shared with you a couple of weeks ago that we talk about God and we talk about Jesus. But we never really talk about the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit is just as important as God and Jesus. Not like He's less important. But the Holy Spirit is so important. You say, well, Pastor, why is He so important? Why is He more or why is He just as important as God and Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit has come to be a comforter to us in our hearts and in our lives. To leave us not, to, uh, to keep us comfort and not comfortless, but to let us know that He's with us every step of the way. By the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit, how that we need the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in life. Consider these honest questions. How many Christians suffer from a spiritual life that is dry or mechanical? How many serve as a Jesus whom they know about from the Bible, but who is not living reality in their experiences? And do we ever wonder why the Spirit's interventions are so rare among our congregation? Could it be that we're missing out on some wonderful blessings, plans for our lives and churches because we're not properly uh, acquainted with the person and the work of God of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's agent on this earth. Yet He is the, the least understood, the least preached about, the least discussed of the member of the Trinity. And that is sad because it's without Him our spiritual lives will become dry and mechanical and we will struggle through our Christian walk if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to take full control of our hearts and our lives. Yes, you can move on in life. Yes, you can do things in life. But... Truly, your life is not fulfilled unless the Holy Spirit is active in your heart and in your life. My second point today is this. In the church, the Holy Spirit brings fellowship instead of conflict. In the church, the Holy Spirit brings fellowship instead of conflict. I want you to know today that that's why it's so important that we have the Holy Spirit being activated in our lives so that the Holy Spirit is activated in our church. Did you know you are the church when you come in this building? You are the church 
when you leave this building. This is just a shell that we worship in. This is just a building that we come in. But so are we as we're here today. So are you as we leave out of this building because the church, you make up the church. You make up the body. Everyone is making up one. You make the church up. Did you know that? Think about that. You make the church up. And when you're here, you're, 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 you're the church. When you're not here, you're not, you're not here. You're, you're out there, but you're, you're not here. But you're still part of the church. You still make up the church. And that's why we need to continue to remind ourselves, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life personally. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, direct me. And so the Holy Spirit brings fellowship instead of conflict. Acts 4 and 32, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, they were one soul, and neither did anyone say that of, of anything he possessed was his own. At all things in common. Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is when they came together, they didn't act like uh, I'm the big cheese. I've got more than you've got. When they came together, everybody was common with one another. Their mind was not on possessions. Their mind was not on more money, uh, more houses, more cars, more this, more that. They, their minds wasn't on stuff. Their minds were on the Holy Spirit because they wanted something that they have never experienced before in their life. And they were waiting on a promise that Jesus had promised them that they would receive power from on high and that they would receive the Holy Spirit. You see, I want you to know today the possibilities of divisions among the disciples. Peter's denials took place. Thomas and his lack of belief. They all forsook the Lord and fled at the crucifixion. Now they're all of one heart and of one soul and their bond is more important than their possessions and yet some churches where the Holy Spirit is named are divided. It's always the work of the Holy Spirit that brings the unity among members in a local church so outreach is unhindered. Let me say it again. It's always the work of the Holy Spirit to bring unity among members in the local church so that outreach is unhindered. When we come together, and you've heard me say this over and over again, when we come together in one mind and one accord, you may ask me today, Pastor, what do you mean when you say one mind and one accord? When I say one mind, that means that we come in a oneness together, that we agree that we're here to worship the Lord but not only are we here to worship the Lord and to get strength from the Lord and to get help to the day that we're, that we're here together, but we come together in oneness that when we leave out of these four walls, that we will reach others, that we will encourage others, that we'll give them living hope 
and let them know that they're not alone because folks there are people in the world today that are seeking all kinds of things they're shooting up they're boozing up they're drugging up they're doing everything to get out of reality because they're facing a situation that just won't go away and for a while it'll calm them a while it'll help them for a while but the next day they got the same problem again Jesus wants to end all of those frustrations in our life he wants to end that and give us peace that you don't have to drink up shoot up snort up or anything to give you a peace that passeth all understanding that he will give you exactly what you need in your life. You don't have to chase other things. You ain't got to chase other things in life. But God, Jesus Christ, will give you what you need in your life. My third point today is this. In the church, the Holy Spirit produced growth without schemes look at this in the church the holy spirit produces gross uh growth without schemes listen jesus is not about conjuring up anything he is who he is and he says what he says and he means what he means and he will do exactly what he will do and i want you to know today jesus is for real he is not a God that just sits on a shelf. Some of us want to pull him off the shelf when we want him. But he is a God that doesn't just sit, not does, he doesn't sit on a shelf. He's a God that will live in our hearts and life. You say, well, how can Jesus live in our hearts and life? He lives in our hearts and life by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit. Because when you accept Jesus into your heart and life, you've accepted the Holy Spirit. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all three are different. They all have their properties. They all three have their own distinct way of moving in our lives, but they are one. And the Holy Spirit is there for you and I every day. So there's no hidden agenda with Jesus. There's no hidden agenda with God. God is what? He is the God of yesterday today and forever he fails not he will not let you down listen your friends will let you down your your boyfriends and girlfriends will let you down mom and dad will let you down your friends will let you down but i'm gonna tell you right now god will never ever let you down he says i am closer than a brother or a sister and me and my sister my only sister is very close but he is closer than me being close to my sister. He'll be closer to you than your uh, brother or sister. He will be there. Why? Because he loves you. Why? Because he died for you. Why? Because he wants to give you the very best. He doesn't want to hold back on anything. He will never hold back. He will give you all that you ask for as you begin to say, Lord, I fully surrender to your Lordship. Lord, have your way. He will not hold back. There's no schemes with him. There's no compromising with him. He is what he is. He changes not. He fails not. And it's victory on top of victory and there's no devils in hell can stop the mighty moving of God when God moves in your heart and in your life he will be real when everybody else walks
walks out. He will restore when everybody else walks out. He will reveal himself to you day in and day out. And he will be that what you're needing in your life. Give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know today God is the God that will be with you. God is the God that will comfort you. He is the God that you and I need every, every day. In Acts 4 and 33 in my closing, and with great power, the apostles, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And with great grace was upon them all. Great grace. Thank God for His unmerited grace. Thank God for His grace that God doesn't throw us to the curb because we mess up, because we didn't do what we should have been doing. No, God doesn't throw us aside. God doesn't forsake us. He said, I will be there with you. I will be there in the eye of the storm. God is the God of the valley just as God is the God of the mountain. God will be with us every day. God will be with you every day. He is the one that we are to call on in a world which we live today because God goes without any schemes. He's not. He is for real. He is the God of all gods. There's no other gods before Him. And I want you to know today, He is the one Jehovah God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He is Jehovah Rapha. These are words that describe who God is. And God is real. And God is on fire. And He's all-consuming fire. And He is the God that will establish your faith and strengthen your faith. And know that He's with you every step of the way by His Comforter. In the Holy Spirit, you will find peace peace and joy and contentment. The Bible lets us know that every instance of the Holy Spirit and the power begin to work within the early church. As we see in Acts 2 and 41, 3,000 were converted. Acts 4 and 4, 500, 5,000 were converted. Acts 5 and 14, the multitudes of converts begin to take place. Acts 6 and 7, numbers multiplied. There's always a way to increase numbers with gifts and gimmicks but God's not a God about the gifts and the gimmicks but He is for real and He is the one that saves the soul. He's the one that comforts the soul. He's the one that gives us the peace that we need for He's the peace that passeth all understanding. Using the churches it sometimes can be used as a church used often in churches, yet used often to bring in money, even to, to, to media, to ministers. But the use just shows the lack of power. I want you to know you can have all the money in the world, you can have all of this, you can have all of that, and that clearly is not going to save you. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Listen, gains the whole world and loses his soul. And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, I want you to know in my closing today, Solomon was a great man, a great king of Israel. He had all that you could possibly get, one of the richest, wealthiest kings of, of, of the world. He had everything in his fingertips. And at a young age, he prayed, and, and God says, what would you want me to give you? 
Solomon, he says, I want wisdom. God gave him wisdom. He was the wisest young little man ever before that lived on the face of this earth. But he got within himself because he says, I'm king now. I'm going to do what I want to do, be what I want to be, say what I want to say, go where I want to go, do what I want to do. And the Bible clearly said, clearly that he had 300 wives, 3,000 concubines. He lived that crazy, lavish life, having all at his fingertips. He had male servants. He had female servants. He had vineyards. He had this. He had that. Everything was at his fingertips. And he says, now I don't need you, God, because I've got everything. But he lost his soul because he got within himself and he didn't call on Jehovah God. He forgot about him. Listen, folks, I want to share with you today, if God's blessing you and God's giving to you and He's strengthening you, you don't forget Him. Don't forget Him because He's a faithful God that will take care of you. Don't get in life where you've got everything and you've gotten comfortable and you've got this and you have no need of God because the minute you say you don't need God, that's when you're going to need Him in a mighty way. You don't serve God just to get things in life and can Him when you get to where you want to be. That's not the God. That's not the scheme that God has. That's not what He does. He is a faithful God that will bless you, that will take care of you and your family. You don't neglect Him, but you serve Him and know that He's a mighty God, a God with mercy, a God with grace, a God of concern that's concerned about your soul, that you make a place that's called heaven and not a place that's made for hell hallelujah God is God and he'll be God in our hearts and lives folks I do not want you to miss heaven for the world I do not want you to miss heaven for the world there's nothing in this world folks there's nothing in this world that can save you there's nothing in this world because there's nothing but doom, gloom, and agony and defeat in this world. But what's going to bring you through it is the peace of God and to know that God will sustain you after everything else is gone. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus clearly said, My word will never pass away. My word, He says, the word of God, the holy word, will stand the test of time. Stand with me across the building today. Oh my, I'm getting excited. I may have to start taking off. I've got to slow down here a minute. Ah, this preacher's going to get excited here. I promise you, you won't fall asleep in this church. I promise you, I won't put you to sleep in this church.